You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 190, Wage War, hosted by Dan Terry. I mean, have you ever listened to a record and there's like one song that's better than the entire rest of the record? And Joseph Wren. We're about to talk about low, so yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you wage war with a super shotgun and a chainsaw, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. Well, you know, speaking of a chainsaw and battling the forces of hell and waging all the war, got to do a quick shout out to Alexander, who is currently battling the hordes of hell in Doom Eternal. And he, well, he's having a bad time, guys. So I want us all to cross our fingers and, uh, and, and hope and pray that our good buddy Alex will be able to take on and defeat the Icon of Sin. I got nothing but hope for you, buddy. I know you can do it. If I did it, you can definitely do it. So which one is harder, Doom Eternal or the original Doom 2? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with original Doom 2 uh, just because the movement was more limited and the stage design was straight up evil. Whereas with, uh, with with Doom Eternal, while it is a very difficult game, as long as you do everything that the game tells you to do, you're probably going to be okay. Unfortunately, what you have to do in a game like that is you have to absolutely take everything you know about first-person shooters and throw them out the window. You know what's not difficult? Listening to a Wage War record. Not at all, man. Uh, this is like sitting down and eating a tub of vanilla ice cream, isn't it? Take everything you know and love about metalcore, a little bit of deathcore and modern metal, and write a song called Low, I Am Your New Biggest Fan. Wow, you're their biggest fan, huh? That's my story, and I'm sticking to it for the remainder of this episode. All right, man. Well, you know, I'm, I might hurt your feelings a couple of times, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I hope that's not the case. Have we hurt anybody else's feelings recently? I don't know if we hurt anybody's feelings, but we definitely got some feedback. Looking at Twitter, Kyle Stranton asked us, are you guys going to do a Patreon review of the Invent Animate record that came out this year? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Consider it on the way. Absolutely. I, I remember complaining that that band didn't have enough albums, and I actually haven't listened to it yet, but it is on my rotation, or it will be. I, ha I haven't rotated to it yet, but it's in there in the, in the big uh, CD changer known as Spotify. <laughs> Got another one here from M to the P. Machine Head definitely deserves an episode. I'm surprised they didn't creep into the stretch of new metal episodes. Not a seminal new metal band, but by all accounts, a seminal metal band. Lots of interesting history there, too, like Rob choosing not to play festivals. Yeah, Rob Flynn's kind of an interesting individual, and I have a lot to say, which I will not spoil here, but I can tell you that, like, 100%, they are a band that I have a lot to say about. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be quite the musical journey, so you can definitely look forward to that because that is gonna happen very soon. Okay, probably next year, but but soon. <laughs> next year is soon to me. I I couldn't believe that it wasn't 2017 still, just the other day. So that that's where we're at currently. We got an email from Caleb. He says, "Hello, gentlemen. I'm a huge fan of the show. I started going down the list of bands and picked out the ones that I enjoy listening to as well." just to see how our opinions would compare. Uh, hopefully they compared favorably. We'll see. 
Uh, the show has also opened my eyes to bands that I have never heard before, as well as helped me appreciate more underrated bands that I never took a deep dive into previously. Not wanting to go off on a monologue, just letting you guys know I love the show and it has become a part of my routine. One thing I would like to ask if you could possibly do an episode for the band Texas in July. I just feel that that band was very underrated and I would love to hear everyone's opinions on their discography. Yeah, uh, I haven't dug into Texas in July that much, but it is interesting that I remember getting MySpace messages from Texas in July uh, sent to my old band End of Destiny where they were just trying to find bands to play with when they came into St. Louis. So uh, I'll have to give uh, I'll have to give the old Texas in July boys another listen. Absolutely. Well, before Dan locks, loads, and wages war on the cyber demons of hell, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We do our best every single day to be everywhere you listen to podcasts. And if there's somewhere we're not that you think we should be, let us know. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Well, we do enjoy five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion, and whenever we get one, we will read it on the show. Or we'll read any kind of starred review on the show. I don't care. So, uh, you know, keep leaving us those wherever you're allowed to leave those, and uh, we'll read them here on the show. As well as keep on sharing those episodes, keep telling your friends about them, keep getting kicked out of Facebook groups, all on our behalf. I appreciate all of you, and I'm really sorry about the incident that happened recently where (laughs) a listener of ours was banned from a Facebook group for talking too much about the show. So, I mean, that practically makes us family, so hats off to you. I think that qualifies them for a true Discuss Metalhead title on the Discord server. I agree. Jump on Discord. We will welcome you with open arms. Unless you start spamming some other podcast, then we're going to have to cut it. I'm kidding. You can talk about whatever you want. (laughs) That's why we have our own server that we moderate. We are the dreamers of the dreams and the discussers of the metal. We are the music criticizers and the destroyers of the dreams. (laughs) Also, shout out to Heil Sound and their beloved Finn microphones. If you guys are liking the way the podcast has been sounding lately, please let us know because these things sound fucking great, dude. Oh, I love them. I got one at home. I had to have one so bad. I I just told Joe to order me one and he did. (laughs) So here we are. The time has come. So Dan, tell me about Wage War. Wage War is a metalcore band. All right, are we done? That's all you have to say. Are we done? No, Uh, that's going to play in later. No, these guys are a metalcore band from Florida. Uh, they formed around 2010-ish, sometime around there. They used to be called Empires, then they stopped being called Empires and started being called Wage War. Uh, they're signed to Fearless Records, and um, they are, I mean, they're a metalcore band, guys. Like th- This is one of those things where this is going to be a really hard episode to do because there is not anything that I can point out that I can say is bad about the band objectively, but it's also kind of one of those bands where I'm not hearing anything that I would describe as the wage war sound. So I guess the only way to talk about this is just to jump in and talk about their first record. 2015 Blueprints. Okay, so Blueprints is an album that came out 10 minutes ago. 
Absolutely. And um, I got to say, man, so when I'm listening to this record, okay, so like if I have to describe it and be smart or whatever, uh, like our musical, uh, this band blends metalcore, a little bit of, I wouldn't even go as far as deathcore. The only thing that I would say is deathcore would be like maybe the vocals. They're one of those like well commercialized metalcore bands, but for whatever reason, kind of like fit for a king. Their, their extreme vocals, their scream vocals are significantly growlier and more unkempt than you would have heard from like some of the t- earlier 2000s metalcore bands uh but they have they have kind of the i wouldn't i don't want to say whiny but they've got like those kind of saccharine sweet uh clean vocals that they bust out from time to time and i mean i don't really know what to say this record is full of breakdowns it's it's full of a lot of weird noisy shit uh with some clean singing in, in places and i i do i do enjoy the sound but I also don't feel like I need Wage War to continue enjoying this sound. You definitely don't. The band just does what Metalcore is in 2015. And as recently as last year, they're still doing that sound. They do it very well, though. They've become a palate cleanser to me when I'm listening to records for this podcast. I'm listening to everything from random indie noise rock sounding to extreme punk rock thrash metal death metal groove metal grindcore and everything in between while i have namestay bands that i will always go back to like metallica wage war is kind of a modern version of that for me they do the metalcore sound very well, but they do the 2010s version of metalcore where it was kind of electronic influenced. It definitely has some programming in places and has some layered melodic effects that just give it that sound. So it's nowhere close to the Kill Switch Engage or As I Lay Dying sound of metalcore, and it's definitely not Under Oath metalcore. This is just what you've been listening to for the past five years. Done very well, very consistently, and I like it. I mean, I don't dislike it, and I want to be clear about that. I'm not. I'm definitely not here to shit on the band. Um, obviously, they're they're great players. They they know what they want to do with their sound. But I think the biggest issue I have with it is that it's like very much like there's moments where I feel like I'm listening to Gideon, you know, like old Gideon. And there's moments where I feel like I'm listening to Fit for a King. And unfortunately, as good as Wage War is, it, it's it's a it's like the exact same level of quality, but it's like I heard Fit for a King and I heard Gideon first. So I, I could I could you could make the argument that if the only band you ever heard that played like this was Wage War, you would think that they were the greatest band in the entire world. Uh, and it's kind of a situation where if you take bands like Gideon or, or Fit for a King and you you put wage war in there it's kind of like uh wage war is the you know walgreens brand of generic aspirin versus uh you know versus fit for a king's tylenol they're probably the exact same product inside and they were probably made in the same plant but one of them's the name brand and the other one's not and so really in a case like this you're just going to listen to the band that you heard first and um wage war unfortunately doesn't do anything on this first album blueprints to differentiate themselves from their contemporaries now are these guys going to fucking burn the house down whenever you go see them live absolutely they are fuck yes it's going to be a great show you're going to be thoroughly entertained but it also does lend to the concept of metalcore as a product 
and less of an extreme form of expression. And so as much as I like it, I don't really like love it because it is a little clean. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's formulaic. And as a matter of fact, the band themselves seems to be going out of their way to try to buck the trends. You know, they throw a lot of weird noise in there, a lot of, a lot of strange like time changes and stuff. Like they do a good job. They are great musicians, but again, they're just they're playing the same style as their contemporaries. And, you know, I don't know how stoked I would be to see Wage War live, even if they did bring the heat. You know, if, if I was seeing Wage War and, uh, I don't know, like Wage War, Fit for a King, Gideon, Architects, like all those bands, put them all on the stage. Uh, it would be very, very, very hard for somebody that wasn't familiar with the bands to be able to tell the difference between any of them. What's the difference between that and classic hardcore or punk rock? Most of the bands you go see at the show are just giving you the same idea done differently. Well, old school hardcore was more uh, was more along the lines of like you didn't ha- you didn't really have booked shows like this. So like when I was talking about metalcore as a product. Uh, you know, I was kind of getting at that because back in the day, hardcore bands didn't just play with hardcore bands. Like, I mean, it happened, like, absolutely. But we live in a world now where, you know, tours are kind of uh, curated towards a type of band and the type of bands that those bands want to take out on tour. And a lot of the times what you end up with is, you know, birds of a feather flock together and all of these bands end up getting booked on the same bill and ultimately the show suffers because of it. Whereas back with old school hardcore bands, you know, you might go see a hardcore band, but then there might be like an emo band that opens for them and then a pop punk band and then a hard rock band, then maybe a new metal band, you know, like... It was all, you know, it, there, there was a lot more variety to it. Now, as far as the actual sound of old school hardcore goes, I mean, yeah, they obviously it's not that different in the sense of a lot of those old bands sounded the same. A lot of the tough guy hardcore bands sounded the same. But, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, but I think also back then it was kind of still all punk rock and hardcore certainly wasn't a product. Here it's definitely a very curated and manufactured affair that's not to say that i think that the band is a manufactured band but i think that the sound that they're playing is just you walk into it you walk into the studio the producer is already familiar with the style he's already familiar with all of your contemporaries and he puts a record out that checks all the boxes for what this type of music is going to be and unfortunately that's what it is with blueprints it is a technically flawless record it's just not very original 2017 dead weight Now, this is where things start getting a little interesting with Wage War and just a little bit interesting because I think by and large, most of the material on Deadweight is very, 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 very similar to what we had on Blueprint, which makes sense, right? Because, you know, Blueprints are, you know, what you base something off of, right? Absolutely. So this doesn't deviate from the Blueprint that often until you get to track four. There's a song called Stitch. I'm so glad you brought this up. Oh, my God. I mean, have you ever listened to a record and there's like one song that's better than the entire rest of the record? We're about to talk about low, so yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But uh yeah, so Stitch is like a basically, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's a straight up new metal track. Like sure, there's still Wage War, so I mean, it's still heavy shit and super in your face and brutal, you know, but it's done in more of a slipknot, less of an Azalea dying. And uh, I, I really, really, really enjoy seeing this side of Wage War because 
this is the first time where I'm like, okay, this actually does sound different than what all their contemporaries are doing. Now, I do realize in 2017, that was kind of when new metalcore started coming and more and more bands were doing this, but I feel like I feel like in 2017, this was still enough uh, to differentiate them uh, from their contemporaries. It still sounds like modern metalcore to me, but it doesn't sound so stereotypical that I can't tell the difference between this record and insert name of other band that was playing live shows that year. Stitch is definitely the standout track on this record. And I would also point out Gravity because it was a bit of a step backwards to the melodic metalcore, hardcore influence sound from the years past. It actually sounds like a song that was written 10 years prior. And that gives me a little bit of insight into what the band listened to and what got them to where they are. Yes, they're doing the metalcore thing. They're doing the popular version of what metalcore is in the mid-20-teens. But they're still putting these songs together, trying to get that radio hit or still trying to appeal to that audience that maybe was a little different five years ago. So to hear them go from Stitch to Gravity and everywhere in between, it doesn't sound like the brick wall of metalcore that Blueprints was or that some of their contemporaries have been doing for the past 10 years. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, I think that uh, this record overall was kind of trying to be single bait in a way because, I mean, not That's everybody... That's modern metal though, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, not everybody has to like... Not every record has to like um, be progressive or, or tell some big grandiose musical story. Sometimes dudes just want to play metalcore and they like the bands that they're influenced by or the bands that are their contemporaries and they like playing that style. And so what what you kind of have what you kind of have with an album like Deadweight is them doing the smart thing and it's like okay, how are we going to stand out from our contemporaries? We don't necessarily have to change our genre or change what we're doing, but we have to write better songs. We have to write songs that are going to stick with people, and we want to add overall more dynamics into our sound than what we had before. Now, this is not the same thing as a band that like went from being like grindcore to being like pop rock. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that. Uh, but what I am looking at you, Gorefest. But I think <laughs> like I think it's one of those situations where they were just like, well, let's just hit them with our hooks. This band actually is very, very, very good at writing hooks, and a lot of metalcore bands are not. Uh, they kind of remind me of Parkway Drive in that regard. Uh, they, they have a very consistent sound, uh, and they are able to kind of explore it without turning off their fans. There's nobody that loves Blueprints and hates Deadweight, you know? But you do get a little bit more, more of the melody. You get kind of, kind of more catchy songs that stick with you. So by the time I get to the end of this record, I'm still not totally sold on Wage War, but I'm definitely not going to turn them off uh, if they come on. I mean, I think that, I think that overall, again, it's a technically flawless record. I just don't know how well it stands out amongst their contemporaries, but it stands out more than the first. 2019 pressure. The album's called Pressure, Joe. It's like, uh, and there's a diamond on, on on the front of it because, like, you know, if you if you pressurize coal, it turns into a diamond. Like, you get it, you get it, right? We talked about this record on Patreon, and I really enjoyed going back to it. Yeah, 
I don't listen to this one as much as I've listened to Deadweight. I think that's the number one listen for me in the Wage War discography. Knowing that 2019, we were getting a lot of these classic heavy metal bands putting out new records, and modern metal was either at its peak or heading down into the valley depending on how you want to look at it. This one is a little bit faster paced to me. The overall groove is the same, but it's almost like the band is pushing themselves vocally and with their song structures. They're still doing the single bait and they're still doing the breakdowns and the I'm going to bark over the verse, I'm going to bark after the chorus is over. All of that is par for the course, but there's a little bit less artificialness to this one. It definitely has that modern metal sound that is unfortunately very artificial at times, but it's not like there's a stack of programming that's making this sound like a computer trying to play metal. Yeah, no, there's dudes behind this. And, you know, when we talk about this being single bait, they were much more successful at actually getting bites on this one. Absolutely, dude. I mean, Low is low is a song I think everybody that listens to modern metalcore knows. I, I probably mean, listen to Low at least once a day for the past three months. Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking earworm, man. Um, and they, they do so much with their sound on this song. It, it's I actually prefer Stitch. It's still my favorite Wage War song, but... Um, but low comes in a close second, and I think it's just the accumulation of them being like, how do we keep pushing our songwriting further? And a lot of bands take a very different direction with this. Sometimes they go softer, sometimes they go heavier, but this is literally an example of a band that is like, how do we just do the thing that we do, just do it better? And I would question, I would question what it is that they actually do that nobody else, like what is the, what is the wage war flavor? And the first time you really, really hear that is on low of them kind of having their own way of doing things. Uh, and I think that the I think that the actual choruses on this are much stronger and definitely out of that dude's comfort zone. There's a lot of weird vocal patterns going on with with the clean vocals. Uh, a lot of stuff that I've really never heard in metalcore. I think in metalcore it's just like yeah, you do the chorus like one way, you know. But I mean, even on this album, they kind of switch up even the the formula of they don't necessarily do verse chorus vert like. It's like screamed, uh, screamed verse, sang chorus. Like sometimes they switch that up. So, I mean, they are doing interesting things here. Low is actually the song I reach for anytime somebody is talking about song structures and what is a chorus, what is a verse, what is a bridge, and where do they go? What's the stereotype in hardcore and metalcore? I mean, verse, chorus, verse, right? Vor verse, chorus, verse, breakdown. So what happens when you take the breakdown and you turn it into a legitimate song bridge. The bridge is the section that breaks up the second chorus and the third chorus. Its purpose is to give the song tension so that you can resolve with the chorus. But low, the band takes that idea of let's build tension and they insert a breakdown. They're not doing the classic breakdown where the breakdown is what follows everything. We're going to do a verse, and then we're going to play a breakdown. Then we're going to do a verse, and we're going to play the breakdown. We might even open the song with the breakdown. Low does the whole structure of the song, and then when you think the breakdown is going to happen, they bust out the old-school melodic chorus. Yeah. But then they throw this bridge in where all I know is violence, and you just break down, break down, break down. I love it. Oh, yeah, dude. It's pretty awesome. I mean, like, and I love that because... My favorite thing about metalcore is that it didn't used to have a formula. Like, because I, I had to think, like, well, what is the formula for metalcore? And at first, I almost said, Joe, there is no formula. Metalcore is punk rock as shit. 
You're wrong. It's okay. But yeah, I am. Unfortunately, <laughs> in 2020, I'm wrong. But maybe back in 2001, I would have had a point about that. You definitely did not have a point. It in had two, a formula. In 2001, it didn't have a formula. It absolutely has had a formula since the day it became mainstream popular. Yeah, which was not in 2001. It was in like 2004 or 2005. Was it even called Metalcore at that point? Yeah, it was called Metalcore or it was called Metallic Hardcore, either or. I'm talking about 19 fucking years ago. I'm so glad you finally took that setup there. Final thoughts on Wage War. Dan. Holy shit. We got here quick. That's what happens when we only have three records out. We'll have to revisit them in like eight years when they have like nine more records out. Um, and we'll be like, holy shit. I did not expect that change after pressure that took place. Um, so I think Wage War is a fine band. And, and I'll just say it. They're, they're a fine band. They're a sure thing. Other generic things that we say on the show about bands like this. Uh, we are by no means saying that Wage War is a bad band. They're actually a, quite a quite a good band. Uh, if I had never heard a band like Fit for a King before I'd heard, or, you know, Polaris or, or, or any of those bands, if I'd have never heard them first and I, the first band I heard like this was Wage War, I'd be singing their praises and telling everybody else how they're fucking wrong uh, and all this stuff. But the way the cookie crumbles is Wage War, unfortunately, was presented to me as just another band playing a very similar style to a bunch of other bands. Um, it's not really their fault because, like I said, I think that their records from a technical standpoint are basically flawless. They're 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 great, uh, but they're just kind of not wholly original, and they seem a little too reminiscent of other things. So, I mean, you know, you could definitely bang your bang your head to Wage War, but they're not going to change your life. Wage War will not change your life unless it's the first band you've heard play this style of music. Overall, the band is solid. They've got choruses, they've got hooks, they've got breakdowns, they're groovy as shit, and they don't deviate too far from the norm when it comes to metalcore. Most of the time, they don't have a flavor all their own, but then they sort of sneak something in that doesn't sound the same as other modern metal bands or other modern metalcore bands. So if you're looking for a palate cleanser, and that's usually how I consume Wage War, is separate my mind from whatever it was I was just listening to, you can find that balance listening to Wage War. They will keep you centered, they'll keep you engaged in whatever it is you're working on, and they're just intense enough that they can be a come down as well as a lift up, depending on what you need at that point in your day. Dan, what's your album of the week? My album of the week is Depravity by A Plea for Purging. Go back to it every now and again. So fucking heavy. Party on forever. In a few weeks, we're going to be talking about Power Man 5000, so I've been getting ready, listening to Somewhere on the Other Side of Nowhere. You want to live like a super villain, you need to listen to some Power Man. Or just be Joe. Every day of my life. Hey, Joe, do you think Stitches is Wage War's backbreaker? I think Low is Wage War's backbreaker. No. Low's way too melodic to be backbreaker. But it's so fucking heavy, dude. Take us out, DFT. If you've ever been listening to our show and wanted us to talk about a band of your choosing, well, just let us know. Reach out to us. There's a ton of different ways you can do that. You can reach out to us on Facebook.com slash Discography Discussion. You can send us an email at DanAndJoeShowGmail.com. You can tweet at us at Discuss Metal on Twitter. And uh, you can always join our Discord server, which we will have a link in the show notes for you to check out. If you want to support Discography Discussion financially, you can check us out on Patreon. And uh, you can always buy a t-shirt or two off of our teespring store and uh if you just can't get enough of me talking i do stream on twitch two times a week 
on Mondays and Thursday evenings at 10.30 Central Standard Time. And, uh, yeah, so I'm there. Just look for Discuss Metal Dan and give me a follow over there, and we'll make our way slowly through Final Fantasy VII. And on that note, this has been episode 190 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Hey, Joe, can I have some money? One dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. Whoops, by yourself. I'm sure